Hi, everybody. Welcome to Living Well with Abigail Steinharder, Torah wisdom to open your heart and deepen your understanding of life. In today's episode, we're going to talk about tshuva. Sometimes it's messy. How to get into the mode when you're not in the mood. In our times, especially, we're, we have accessible to us pretty much an infinite amount of material coming our way, available to us to help us get ready, do our work of Elul, get ready for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Yom Kippur, and beyond. There are speeches being offered. There's There are emails being sent to us. There's books and sfarim available. People are having workshops and maybe even seminars where people are just um, right there waiting to inspire us to get ourselves ready. And we may be trying to do the actions that we normally do to get ourselves ready, to get ourselves into the Elul and Shuva mode. And yet, I think if people um, are able to be honest, some people, if not many people, may say, um, I'm trying, but I'm not feeling any readier. Or I know I should be trying, but I can't even get myself to listen to a speech. Or <clears throat> I'm doing the actions that I usually do, and I feel closed to it. I feel numb to it. I feel like I'm asleep. I feel like I can't. I just can't. And today I'd like to talk about this exact topic, that tshuva is sometimes messy. And we'll explain what we mean by messy. And to talk about how to get into the mode of Elul, tshuva, and all the things that these days have to offer when we're not in the mood. Let's try to be real here. And well, let's just be real here. And let's just talk about that sometimes something beautiful is available to us in theory, but it's just not available to us in reality. And let's explain. There are these parenting books that are full of wisdom that um, they were coming out in the 70s and 80s. The authors are Faber and Maslish, Del Faber and Elaine Maslish. And one brilliant principle that they have when to offer when dealing with um, a young child, um, which I find could be really, really helpful when dealing with that young child inside every single one of us. And the principle is change a mood, not a mind. Again, don't change a mind, change a mood. That many times when something is not working, the way to work with it is not through the cognitive mind, through the thought process, but through the feelings, the atmosphere, the emotions, that can change, um, shift, and help when all kinds of logic is falling on deaf ears. So this principle, which works really well in you know, with parent to child, also works well, like we said, inside of ourselves. When we're finding that we're trying to change a mind by reading, doing actions, taking on practices, but something inside of us is feeling very disconnected from it, let's check in with our mood. Let's check in with the layer underneath and see if we can work from there to give us a better uh, experience of, of this season of tshuva. So, if we take a moment and sit down, sit down in a chair, 
and just notice what has been going on for us um, up until now, especially this year where Elul landed early and it was Elul started when it was still summer for school children and how there really hasn't been much of a quiet time if school, you know, is if in someone's life um, stage that they're in includes children who go to school. So school didn't start until late in Elul for a lot of our families. And so many mothers um, and others may have felt like, well, it maybe it was an awesome summer. Maybe it was a great summer. Maybe it was a refreshing summer. But maybe it was also, in other ways, a draining summer where there's a lot of demands, just a, 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 a busyness around us that kind of kept kept a buzz and a noise like in our in our you know keep kept us busy even if we weren't feeling like we were accomplishing so much just that there was something demanding our attention all the time and what happens in the nervous system when there's um a lot of demands is that the, the nervous system can get a, like a little unsettled and it can it can kind of go into survival mode and so if we had, let's say, an overstimulating summer, for example, or whatever we had leading up to now, one thing to check in with when we feel like I'm not in the mood is check in, what have you been experiencing? What has been going on for you? What has been happening? Where has your your uh, inner peace meter been at? Where has your inner inner barom- inner 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 menuchasanefesh barometer been measuring at? And if it's been um, so busy and hectic that you haven't even felt that you have feet attached to your body and you haven't even felt yourself and felt inside, well, that could be a great place to start. Because like we said in our talk for Shavuos about receiving the Torah, you know, we all know we need to be good servants, right? Many, most of us, all of us, many of us, probably people that are listening to this podcast are people who strive to be a servant of Hashem. But David HaMelech said very simply, in Tehillim, Ani Avdecha. Like we said in our Shavuos talk, in order for there to be an Avdecha, for there to be a person who's the servant of Hashem, in order here for Rosh Hashanah, for there to be a person who's going to embark on the Tshuva journey, there has to be a person. Period. There has to be an Ani. There has to be a person who feels an experience of herself in the world. There has to be a person who feels a quiet enough space inside so that he or she can actually go on this journey. In order for there to be ani avdecha, there has to be an ani. And we might need to remind ourselves of this for every yantif in different ways. And with the demands that are made of us and on us and the expectations, we, we need to understand if we're not relating to Hashem is the king of the world, maybe it's because we're not relating to our own existence in the world because we're so frazzled and pulled in different directions, whether we are in a busy stage or a busier stage or we're in a quiet stage and, you know, we don't feel like we're even accomplishing. Whatever, wherever we are in life, we need to first be in contact with our self, our inner the inside of ourselves before we can even try to be in contact with the fact that Hashem is the melech over us and over the rest of the world. It might sound like it's a you know, not a strong, a strongly connected topic, but many people will find that as soon as they can connect to this, their Elul work is able to move forward. So when we want to um, start changing our mood in order to change our mind, let's look at 
check in with ourselves. Where, where am I with this? And if we are feeling like it's not, we're having a hard time coming in contact with this, with ourselves, and we feel like frazzled and outside of ourselves, um, we might feel like, uh, you know, some of us have really received a wonderful, strong chinuch of, well, I should say strong, I don't know how wonderful, chinuch about Elul, that it's a time for, for fear. And it's, a, you know, it's time of, it, you know, the legend that the fish in the waters trembled in Europe, the, you know, that, that's how some of us have grown up. And we understand Elul is a time of seriousness. However, when Elul turned into or turns into a time of anxiety, that's where it gets to be counterproductive. And so even some of us might be thinking, oh no, I can't sit down in a chair. I can't take stock and relax and take stock of my menuchas hanefesh because then I'm not doing the Elul work of being, you know, fearful of, of Rosh Hashanah and, you know, and, and, and aware of the seriousness of these times. But I think that's where we need to do a little bit of untangling. And while it is a yamim no ra'im, it is an awesome time, anxiety doesn't contribute to progress under most circumstances. So we want to try to come down into our very bodies, into ourselves and calming down our nervous system just thinking about that gives us a deep breath, calming down our nervous system so that we can actually come into contact with being able to do this work well. How is this done? So I want to talk for a moment about the topic of gentleness, a not often discussed topic, gentleness, having a gentle Yamim no Raim, a gentle Elul, a gentle Rosh Hashanah. Gentleness is a mildness, a soft touch, a light hand, a loving approach. Gentleness, you want to picture gentleness? Picture this scene. I come to a dentist appointment with um, a, a really bad headache, but I have my appointment, so I go in, and my dentist, who has since retired, um, this dentist had such a gentle touch, such a gentle, light touch, efficient, but gentle that I walked out of there with my headache cured. My headache felt better because of the relaxing vibe coming from the hand motions and the work of this dentist. And I was like, I think that's what you call gentle. And a gentle touch is such a, it's so unique. It's so special. It doesn't mean in, uh, you know, uh, useless and lazy. It doesn't mean weak. It means gentle, not using force, not using um, a sternness, not severe, not harsh or violent, a quiet and careful approach. Those are some definitions that you could bring to the word gentle. And I feel like when we want to work with ourselves, especially when we're working in feminine energy, when we're thinking from a woman's perspective of Elo, to bring in some gentleness to ourselves. Because you know, one of my friends who listens to this podcast suggested I do a series on the topic of you can't pour from an empty pitcher. And I feel like this, in a way, that is one of the themes of this podcast, that whatever we want to put out to the outside, we need to first nurture and cultivate inside. And to that friend, I say, thanks for that idea. And here that is where I'm applying your idea. We need to start with a gentleness inside. 
When this whole time period of Yamim Naraim is characterized by the 13 characteristics of compassion that Hashem offers us, we're taught that we need to also live, not just say the 13 Midos, but actually live them. Now, how are we going to live these Midos and apply the compassion and the appreciation of that it's okay to be imperfect? How are we going to live that and act that way to others if we don't believe it and live it ourselves? Applying a gentle touch to ourselves when we're trying to embark on our tshuva journey is really the foundation of being able to apply that touch to others and to actually to see progress in ourselves. The features of this gentle touch are the, the way that the voice is used, a gentle voice, noticing what the subject or the object of our gentleness is experiencing, noticing the other and in our case, it's maybe ourselves noticing. I consider that a part of gentleness. Voice, noticing. Curiosity, being open, having open eyes and ears to seeing what comes next. A curiosity instead of a judgment and an all-knowing attitude. A curiosity of what our experience is. Being loving and receptive to suggestion. Those are all features of a gentle, of a gentle touch. We might need to slow our physical movements in the beginning. If we've been rushing around in the summer and now we're rushing around getting ready for Yantif, rushing around getting our kids to school, we might need to take a few scheduled moments of slowing our movements and using like an exaggerated slowness to influence our nervous system into a gentle mode. And no, I don't think that's counter to Yira, to feeling, uh, uh, you know, the Nora, the awesomeness of Hashem slowing down and perhaps calming our nervous system. I think it might seem like it's not the proper mode in these important times, but let's, let's, let's be curious and see if it, how, what kind of effect it has on us when we, when we start with just slowing down our movements and perhaps gentling down our voice. Gentleness, a mindset that creates gentleness, includes a compassionate approach to weakness and limitation. An understanding that we can't be perfect and we're not expected to. It's not even the goal. So a compassionate approach is guarding our tone so that when we say something, whatever it is, it can be received it can have the potential to be well-received, guarding our tone. In fact, we know that a description of the way Hashem um, communicates with the world, we have this in our Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur Davani, kol d'mama daka, a thin and light voice, a soft voice. Yes, Hashem also communicates this to, through, to the world through thunder and all kinds of different voices, but one of the ways Hashem communicates with the world is with a gentle voice. And this is something that we can emulate and see where it brings us. You know, somebody pointed out to me that uh, a rofe, a doctor, and refuah, healing, shares part of the shoresh with the word that means soft, rafe. It could also, rafe could mean weak too. Resh pei hey is related to resh pei aleph. And one thing we can learn from this is that 
a rofe should ideally employ a touch that is a gentle touch. And you may have experienced this, um, receiving medical care that's delivered in a gentle way and how very healing, how very healing that gentle touch is, as opposed to those experiences that most of us have had where the person that's supposed to be delivering healing for whatever reason delivers it in a, in a brusque manner, in a harsh manner, in a rough manner. And our heart shrinks inside when we encounter that, when we go for some healing and we receive harshness, it's really, it's very painful. And so when we're trying to do, to be the rofe here, because it says in Yeshayahu that, that, um, doing tshuva is like a form of healing. Also in your mio, in both, both of those neviim, um, tshuva is kind of hinted to in the word, with the word refua. And so, um, we, want to apply a hand that is rafeh, a, a gentle hand, a light hand, when we're working on the healing that we want to try to do to bring us to where we want to be. One thing that can help us come to this gentle approach to ourselves is the basic understanding that, as we said before, perfection is not even the goal. Hashem has malachim. He, has, he could have created us just like them with not really much choice and just marching along straight ahead on the path with exact direction known to them what their mission is and just never making, never getting it wrong. But that's not what he created humans for. And in every day when we dive into monastery, we say that Hashem wants, sorry, he wants to, he wants tshuva. Well, if he wanted us to be perfect, then he wouldn't want tshuva. If he wants teshuva, it means that he wants us to ride that ride of life, which includes failing and getting back up. Hashem designed the world with this process that we will get off track and we will have the opportunity to get back onto track and that we need to work with ourselves until that rut zone, as we're discussing, until that rut zone to do tshuva actually, actually comes through. You know, in um, the world of meditation, sometimes there's a focus on the crocus flower, and the flower grows out. I meant to say the lotus flower. I know I knew I something was wrong. Yeah, the lotus, and the lotus flower grows out from mud, from like wet, sloppy mud. A beautiful, beautiful lotus, very exotic flower. And there's an expression: no mud, no lotus. And we can say that to ourselves in a reassuring voice when we think back to some messy situations this past year, places where we're disappointed with ourselves or we're not even really sure, did I do wrong? Did I do right? And we'll get back to that soon. But the other aspect that's messy, and from there we can say, no mud, no lotus. If I don't go down into the muddy place, no lotus would be able to come through. Um, Another example of this is that in the, in the Svarim about Tshuva and about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and that whole time period, this whole time period, it's very neat. First, you do this, then you do that. These are the four or the 20 steps of Tshuva, depending which Sefer you're looking at. These are the steps of Tshuva. This is what the person should do, and miyad this, and miyad that, and he's going to do his Tshuva, and it's going to be 
just right. And not only that, you know, the steps of tshuva, but also like Elul is for this, Rosh Hashanah is for that. Yom Tshuva um, is for this, Yom Kippur is for that, and finally Sukkot is for this. And then, you, you know, that's all nice and neat and orderly because that, that's what's, that is what's available when we can access it. But real life, like we said in our title, Tshuva, sometimes it's messy. Sometimes a person has been totally busy with something that's decidedly un-El-like because that's what fell into their lap. That's what Hashem placed before them that they need to be busy with. Sometimes people can't even attend one single formal davening on Rosh Hashanah because they were in a medical situation, and that's what Hashem sent their way. Sometimes people are just stressed out, and nothing can enter their heart, and that's what's going on. And all of that is from Hashem. And Hashem, who designed tshuva and gave us those steps, also designed a world in which sometimes it's messy. And sometimes it doesn't go in that order, and we must not allow that to discourage us. We must take heart that the same Hashem who made the four steps of tshuva or the 20 steps of tshuva, the same Hashem who gave us these days also gave us our life circumstances and everything he gave us throughout the year. And he knows how hard it might be for us to take advantage of the beautiful gift. And he's encouraging us to take heart and to, to try not in a forceful way, but in a gentle way. And I want to offer um, something that we might do if we're feeling still like pressured and not at ease, and we feel like I'm not going to be able to do it, it's too hard, I'm not in the mood, something in our heart is closed. Because we know actually tshuva is not done in the mind. It says in the parsha of tshuva and devarim that this thing is not far from you, and it's not it's not distant, and it's not in the heavens. And we say ki beficha ki karov elacha hadavar meod. This thing of tshuva is very close to you, beficha in your mouth. There's parts that we need to say the video uvil vavcha laaso. So it's 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 close and it's in your heart. Tshuva must come from the heart. Tshuva must be an experience of the emotions. It must come from the real person, not out of their head and not just out of their mouth, but out of the real person deep down inside every cell, deep into our our core, into the whole person that we are. And so we need to involve our whole self in bringing in our menuchas hanefesh in a gentle way so that tshuva can actually just emerge because it's really the natural state of the Jew is to want to cling to Hashem. To uncover that natural state, I have a recommendation of like a little a little exercise that we can try. Bring yourself into a comfortable place. Perhaps it's just sitting in a comfortable chair in your home, or maybe you can go out into nature, into a place where you feel peaceful and at ease, in a place where your body is able to be calm. Because contrary, counter to what we may have uh, picked up, our body, our mind, and our soul are not um, like separate entities that work. The body's a machine, and the soul is the mystery, and our mind is who knows what. And, you know, actually, it's, 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 it's one connected organism. It's one entity together. Our neshama animates our body, and our mind has its purpose. And so we need to bring our body into a calm state. So sitting comfortably in a chair, 
where we don't have to hold ourselves up, where we can relax and feel at ease and at peace and safe enough. When we feel this feeling of safety and peace, let's try these statements. I trust that I will know what teshuva I need to do. I trust I'll have the ability to do the tshuva that I need to do. I trust that I will connect to the powers of these days and that I will be able to use the opportunity that's put before me. I trust that Hashem will help me when I, because I am helping myself by doing these exercises to quiet down my nervous system, to open my emotional world, to actually have a heart for tshuva. So when tshuva is messy, because it doesn't seem to go in the order that we've learned about, when the days of Elul or even Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur itself are messy, because they don't seem to be going in the ways that we heard about, in the ways that we learned about, we can work from the inside to the outside, from the physical and emotional world up into the intellectual world of ourselves. We can take a gentle approach that calms down our frazzled nervous system and reassures ourselves that there is a bond of connection that's naturally present between us and Hashem, and especially at this time. And anything that's blocking it, it's just a block. It's just an obstacle. It's not the real us. The real us is ritzoneinu lasos ritzoncha. The real us is pure and good and high and uplifted and infinite. And when we can connect to that infinite, high, uplifted, pure and good part of ourselves, everything happens naturally. Tshuva is natural to, to our beings. So Try, the, try this perspective on for size. See where it lands inside of you. See what you notice coming up even as you listen to this and see if it helps you when tshuva is messy and you're not in the mood. And my bracha to us all is that we experience an experience of open-hearted, loving connection to Hashem and we take every single bit of beauty and goodness that these days have to offer. Amen ve'amen. Ksiva v'chasimatova.